freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Everybody, welcome to episode number 244 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is Walk the Talk America, and we have our special guest today is Michael Sedini. He's the founder of Walk the Talk America, a nonprofit organization dedicated to making positive change in relationship to mental health and firearm awareness. Through organizing a profound team of experts from different fields and all walks of life, unbiased by politics, media, or personal prejudice, WTTA seeks to input opportunities to enhance communication, compassion, calls to action, and education. Awesome. Welcome back to the show, Michael. Thank you for having me. And thank you for giving me the theme. Like Walk the Talk America has a, is a theme now, which is very, that's great. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's a great place. That's a great place to start. So what, what does that mean? You know, it is a theme. It's the name of your organization, but, but what does that mean? Well, to me, it, you know, it's special. It means something. It means just do something. Uh, put your differences aside. Let's focus on the things that we can change right now. Um, let legislation, you know, that battle is going to be there regardless. But if you really care about saving lives and you really care about getting people the help they need when they're in crisis, you should be able to put your prejudice against firearms uh, aside. And so it's a challenge to the firearms community uh, and it's a challenge to everybody else, right? Even people that are gun neutral, like let's look for solutions and work together and it's working. I mean, we're here uh, year two now and I can't tell you how many committees and <laughs> governor's challenges and mayor's challenges I'm on um, and I'm the only firearms industry person. So I'm pretty proud of that fact. That's incredible. You are walking the talk, putting your money where your mouth is, uh, I think is maybe a, another way of, of portraying that. Um, so we've been following WTTA from its infancy. Like the minute I heard about it, I got interested, I got excited, I got energized to think that somebody is having the conversation, you know? about that intersection of, of firearms and mental health. Um, and it was about a year ago when we last checked in and I wanted to see what has happened. And, and we're in a weird season right now where a lot of people are dealing with, you know, the mental health issues brought on by uncertainty and fear and stress and, and all of that. So just kind of bring us up to speed. Where, where have you come in, in the last year or so? 
Oh, we've come a long way. Uh, it's really funny because when I first started the organization, I was really naive. I didn't really understand how, uh, you know, I thought, okay, people that work in mental health have answers. Uh, they know how to prevent suicide. They know how to stop mass shooters. They know how to do this, but they don't have the money. Right. So my whole thought process was, well, what if the firearms industry could step up work and pay, you know, pay for some of that and, and kind of sponsor it? Well, uh, you know, it was frustrating because they didn't have answers, um, you know, and I kept getting pushed to suicide prevention. But I was like, listen, I want to do mental health as well. And believe it or not, it's considered two different things like, you know, our mental health division, like in Nevada, is different than the suicide prevention, you know, coalition that's there. They, you know, although you'd think that they would be totally connected and they are in many ways, but it's still two different things. Um, this forced me finding out that there's just no easy answer to this stuff. Um, you know, even if you come to the table and be like, look, we're willing to figure out. So I had to go look inside the industry and say, well, what can we do uh, as the firearms community uh, and brainstorm these really radical ideas kind of to, to push forward. Um, so since the last time we talked or, you know, you know, God, you, I talked to you right in the beginning and the truth of the matter is um, I really had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> like it was really funny, but, uh, but I think the message, right. The message still resonated, right. Let's work, yeah. let's reach across, let's work with uh, people in mental health and find solutions. Well, you know, two years later, I am a completely different person and confident in what we do because we have not only our own programs and, and policies and getting invited to these tables that we were never invited to, to talk. Um, I feel like we've come such a long way. Uh, we are working on a few programs that I think are going to be amazing. Um, we're going to pick, we're going to, you know, obviously Cheryl, you, you came to the first uh, intersection of cult, uh, cultural competence, mental health course that we had it was awesome. mental health professionals, right? I mean, you were there in the flesh, the inaugural one. Um, we are building off of that to create a network of mental health professionals that actually will work with gun shops that are pro two a because they're out there, right? It's just, no one's been able to come forward and work work with the firearms community and many times we shut down or shut off from the mental health community because of the narrative that has been created mm -hmm. um, so i'm excited about that i'm excited about this other program that we have called kids to kings i'm working with devin perkins and this is a new program for us where let me put it this way usually when you talk to somebody in the firearms community and they talk about those forty thousand deaths a year right the standard answer is two thirds of that is suicide. And those people are correct, right? Mm -hmm. And then they always do this. They always go, the rest of them are those damn gangbangers in the inner cities or Chicago, right? Um, Devin and I came up with a program where we can bring, take the gun community into those underprivileged, underserved communities and work with the youth and mm. teach them. It's kind of like, as Maj Tori's Black Guns Matter is for adults, mm -hmm. right? You're going to take that kind of concept and build it around the youth and the trauma and the crisis that, like I said, everyone from those, uh, the inner cities, the underprivileged, the underserved, the, you know, and pay attention to that, right? And That's start awesome. young kids. So those are things that we're doing. Um, obviously, I still have the same programs that I've always had, the cards in the box. Um, we just recently brought on Arms Corps. They have really stepped up 
uh, to help Walk the Talk America accomplish things because obviously we need money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the only yeah. one who, you know, I'm going backwards in life. I'm working harder than ever for free. <laughs> yeah. <it's> zero cents. <laughs> but you know, those are some of the things that we're doing. We have a new website launched. We have a new podcast coming out. Uh, we, you were a guest last week. I'm really excited about that. There's a lot of neat things that are going on with Walk Talk America. But the most important thing, and I'm going to let you get back to questions, the most important thing is that for once, I really feel, right, because I made it to the White House, I'm making it to all these uh, Governor's Challenge and Mayor's Challenge, I'm working hand-in-hand with the VA, I really feel like they're taking the firearms industry serious in in our quest to help reduce these numbers without Mm. restriction. And that is the most Mm. important thing I need people to understand. Mm. Well, Mike, you you said that you, uh, you know, you, you didn't know anything when you started out. Well, none of us know anything when we start something out, but you have excelled so much with what you do. And I'm so proud to know you and what you're doing to the people out there. But, you know, you. you are, you're taking the mental um, health professionals and the gun owners, uh, gun dealers, gun owners, and you're, you're kind of putting them together. And that's kind of, it's a tricky, it's a yeah, tricky, it's a tricky landscape. Yeah, because the, <laughs> the mental health professionals thought that, you know, it's the gun, it's a gun, it's a gun. And then the gun owners are thinking, they think it's the gun, it's not the gun. And you're getting the people together so that they can have conversations and they can talk and look for the real solution, which is not taking the guns away, but by um, uh, education and learning the signs of when somebody is in a mental state that is dangerous, right? And so I really, really appreciate what you're doing. I, I thank you. And thank you guys for always supporting what I've done, even when, uh, you know, I think I was clueless back then. Um, it, it's really, it's, it's interesting when you think of, about the firearm, right? We look at the firearm in the 2A community as a symbol of freedom and protection, right? And also, you know, obviously, for sport and relaxation, um, you know mm-hmm. that's stuff that people can't wrap their their head around. Um, it's been fun to ma- make. I don't make anybody do anything, but it's been fun to invite uh, mental health professionals and people that work in suicide prevention and reframe the way they look at a firearm. So it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, something that causes devastation in their mind. It could be a gateway for the those that are in crisis to get the help they need without fear of consequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's just reframing it and showing them what we do. Um, you know, you look at a firearm, you go, okay, uh, what comes in that box? Uh, you know, if we're, if we're all about getting people help early, let's, let's let them take mental health screenings through it that are free and anonymous. Let's connect them through our gun shops to the places where they know, they know they can go and talk to a therapist. And a phrase like this I went to my gun range today and I fired off a thousand rounds and I feel so much better because my anxiety is down or, you know, it just really helped me get through my bad day. That therapist goes, Oh, I totally get it. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. Yes. That's yes. what, that's what I'm going for. And these are all baby steps, but it's just changing the narrative of how people think about this. It's so true. So in the, the couple of years you've been doing this, can you, say if one audience over the other is has been um, maybe a tougher nut to crack and when i say audience i mean so you've got these mental health professionals that maybe 
they come from a world that they're like, I don't even get why people have guns. And I get nervous if somebody says they have a gun, because now maybe I have a liability that I didn't alert somebody, right? So you've got the mental health professionals that you're, you're teaching about gun people. And then you've got the gun people that you're trying to help them understand, look, the mental health professionals aren't your enemy. They're not there, you know, jotting down notes and getting on the speed dial saying, you know, hello, authorities. Someone was in my office with mental health issues and depression, and they had mentioned they had a gun. Please go red flag them and take all their guns. Um, between those two audiences and their, their kind of uh, ingrained biases or lack of knowledge about each other, is one harder than the other? Um, well, first off, I, I, I would like to compliment both sides. Uh, I wouldn't be here where I am today if... If I got if I ran into a lot of problems with that, right? So for the most part, I don't run into those problems. When I do run into a problem, it blows me away. Sometimes I'm not ready for it, but I've, I've gotten better at handling it because I'm always like, "Why don't you see it?" Right? Um, yeah. <laughs> I would say the toughest nut to crack. And, and once again, when I say this, this doesn't this pops up maybe once every two months or something. Is the staunch two a mm -hmm. you will not take my firearm no matter what. And they, mm -hmm. and I don't think they stop to understand what I'm doing. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I had a gentleman the other day and, and his, his, uh, his ability to understand what I was doing is about as strong as my nephew, who's four year old, his handshake. Right. He just, <laughs> I kept saying no without restriction and, and he couldn't wrap his head around how someone could get help yeah. and not be restricted. And he was angry about that. Right. And finally I just had to quit on it. I, yeah. I mean, or certain people. Um, you were there uh, the first time I ever received any kind of pushback. I was giving a speech in Washington, D.C. Um, and I think what happens is people hear mental health and firearms and they immediately jump to a conclusion. Right. Uh, and that gentleman that was basically talking to me while I was making a speech. Yes. <laughs> which made me feel like I was going to lose 3,000 people. Yes. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a prime example of a, a situation. So it's, it's really, I have more difficulty with the staunch guy who has fed into the narrative that, you know, mental health, suicide prevention, bad. Like we yeah. can't talk about that because it yeah. leads to restriction. Mm -hmm. Well, Mike, I look at it this way. You, you know, you, you, something needs to be done. Yes. It's not, it's not doing it right now. Whatever's happening right now or in the last couple of years hasn't been helping. Uh, before you came into the, into the picture. So I look at it as this, that if you get the mental professional, mental health professionals to look at the other side, and you can get the gun people to look at the other side, the mm -hmm. mental health side, it starts a conversation, Yeah. right? So you are the gateway for that conversation. And I'll tell you, I have learned so much from listening to what you said. I mean, just the facts that there's signs out there that, one of my relatives or one of my friends that I wasn't aware of before without talking to you and, and looking at your programs, it, it, it brings a new light. You don't have to restrict people, uh, their rights. You know, help. you don't have to. So, so the way to help. So I really appreciate what you're doing and please don't get discouraged because you're going to have those people that just know. And so, well, I was, when I asked my question, I was thinking of that day standing on the lawn of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., where you were one of the speakers, and that there was a heckler 
He was basically heckling you, right? He wanted to have a conversation in the middle of your speech. And then later, uh, you and I were chatting on the side and, and here comes this guy. And I, I was a little like, I didn't know that it was him. And so I'm like, I'm trying to like hang in there and, and be supportive with you. But then I was like, I had to go. And the whole thing was so weird. And I felt, I felt like he really, he just had a mental block about it because he's feeling like, look, you're trying to make guns the problem. And, and that's where he got stuck, I think. And the point is that there are, there are people out there that have, have painted this picture, not you, have painted this picture that guns are the problem. So if you're saying, all right, maybe to some people there is, here's, here's a solution. That's not all I'm saying, right? But here is a solution. And the other side that's trying to say that if guns are the problem and nobody's doing anything about it, so we need the government to step in and do something about it. And you're like, okay, attacking that narrative, not exclusively, but attacking that narrative, I am doing something about it. So no need for government. I'm your friend. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so how did you end up navigating with that guy? Did you finally have to just say, uh, you know, I got a plane to catch. I got a wedding to go to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, we agreed to disagree and actually apologized to me. And I'm, you know, for me, it's kind of like I could, just throw my hands up and yell back at him or whatever. But he came up and he was like, look, I'm sorry. And I wanted to be like, well, do you think we we're at a comedy club or something? Like mm -hmm. that was really odd. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I just kind of let it be. I said my piece. I knew he wasn't going to understand. Um, you know, look, I, <laughs> I've armed more Americans than, than most people that people like yourselves can actually have this conversation with me because you've armed more Americans than most people. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, this I is just, true. 68,000 firearms a year. <laughs> yes. I don't, I don't, I don't uh, it's hard to hear it from people that don't do anything. You right, know? right. It's like, don't, don't look at me like I'm anti-gun. Don't look at me like right. I'm part of, of trying to help people take your guns away. Hear what I'm saying and see that I'm trying to help protect all of that by bringing together this conversation and being I, this, this bridge. I have a really funny story about that day. Sorry, sorry, Dan. I got to no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me. So I go up there and I consider that bombing because I had to jump to a part of my speech that had key buzzwords to get the crowd understanding that I didn't because I was kind of setting it up. But I would, you know, I had to kind of jump forward and then go backwards and go forward. Um, but uh, Dan Gross, the guy who was, uh, you know, He's changed his stance on firearms. He used to be president of Brady. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was going like, I think not at, directly after me, but you know, after the next person. So he was standing there and I had been watching him making notes and I tried to give him some pointers and everything like that. Cause he was super nervous. Cause like that name does not really. So I came off stage. I was walking by and I go, Hey Dan, I've been in this industry for like 20 years. I'm third generation. I've armed more Americans than all those people out there. And I said, and that's how they just treated me. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept walking. I saw him start scribbling. scribbling. So, you know, they're, wow. Looking back on it now, it's funny. It wasn't then, but yeah, the the previous uh, 
president of the Brady campaign, anti-gun guy, they're going to treat him real good after they, (laughs) (laughs) but we, he was, he was received well, I think. And, you know, people uh, listened. I I think this one particular guy just kind of had it in his head that, that he thought he knew what you were saying. And instead of listening, he, uh, he jumped way ahead, but yeah, you so didn't bomb, but that is very dislodging when you've got your notes written down and maybe you're trying to be a little extemporaneous and cover everything. And then you've got somebody being that actively rude. It's, it, but you, you sailed right on through That's, it. Yes, right. Five minutes. <laughs> you get five minutes to talk. <laughs> I know. It's like, wait a minute. Now I'm taking two minutes to collect myself. So, so I look at it this way, Michael. The, if, if you could find a way to flick a switch and no more guns were on the street, not a single gun was out there, that mental health, would, that wouldn't solve it, okay? Right. It's not the gun. So if they can't do that with a gun, then they're going to do it with pills. They're going to do it with a car. They're going to do it how a knife. However, they're going, so taking the tool, the gun tool away is, is not a fix. It's the person needs to be fixed. The person as family members and friends, you need to recognize the signs and you need to help that person. You can't just take away the tools that won't solve it. Right. Right. Well, people need to understand this. The firearm is the most effective way when you consider uh, time and being right there. Right. Like I have a quick access safe right there. Okay. Um, A train is probably more effective than, a firearm or maybe jumping off a really tall bridge like the gold gate bridge, but you can still live through that too. Um, you know, Kevin, Kevin Hines, Kevin, the, the Kevin Hines story proved that. Yeah. Uh, my, my whole thing is, is I, I embrace how dangerous the firearm is when I'm in meetings. I, I, I think that's one of the reasons why it resonates with some of the mental health people, because we have this tendency to try to do that, which you just did, right. Which is, which is not wrong. Because I don't think if I don't exist or walk talk doesn't exist or socially conscious 2A people don't exist and firearms disappeared, we're, we're not going to end suicide, right? Like, I'm not saying we're going to bring suicide down. What I'm trying to do is get the number of suicides by firearm down and get people the help they need without losing their rights. Um, so I kind of embrace that. Like, yes, the gun is a problem right now, right? It's always a problem when someone is suicidal. But it, you're right. There are other. It's going to force people to go to other ways. If you magically made firearms disappear, right? Because that's a problem. But let's make the firearm a place where you can go. You know what? Oh, this is cool. Here's a local place down here, or here's a free and anonymous screening that I can take just to see where I'm at. Let's talk about it. Even even if they never use something in the box that kind of addresses this, at least it's getting the conversation going. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I don't mean it that way. I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is that if we help in other, it, the firing industry helps, then it will solve some of the problems. Even the person that buys a gun that wasn't going to use a gun to commit suicide, maybe was going to use a car or pills or yeah. whatever. By oh, yeah. having the knowledge that, you know, as we contribute, the firing industry contributes, then it helps the whole industry, you know, helps everything, right? Right. And, and I, I didn't think you meant it in any other way than that. So I just no. want to be clear about that. Um, I think here's what I'm ultimately trying to do. I'm trying to get the firearms industry where the alcohol industry is with DUIs. And I think we can get there. Mm-hmm. Nobody blames Johnny Walker or Budweiser when somebody 
is irresponsible, gets behind the wheel and kills somebody, mm -hmm. right? They don't focus their energy there. And I feel like they did that. They got there by offering solutions to problems. Mm -hmm. They started developing programs. They started doing things. And I think we can get there with firearms. I really do. I think we can get it back to the way it used to be back in the day where it was safety and you, you know, you respected the 2A community and you respected firearms ownership. I mean, hell, like a lot of people had firearms in their high school, right? Yeah. Like it was a thing. Um, I, I think we can get there. I, I do. I think that there's a way that we can all work together because here's the deal. Um, they know the mental health side knows like the way we've been trying to do it and the restrictions and everything like that, it's, it's, it's not going to work. So do you right. want to save lives now or do you want to keep just going in a circle and playing this game? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's great. And um, it, in a way it's a little bit of, you know, when you say when you go in these meetings and you don't try to, to sidestep any responsibility or, or, you know, flower up what a gun is, it, it, there's a sort of a judo to it, right? So it's like, yes, guns are dangerous. They're built to be dangerous. So then therefore, how do we maneuver around them, right? How do we empower people with knowledge? How, you know, yes, people do have depression and mental health and difficulties in their lives. So how do we maneuver around it and, and you know, and then bring those two worlds together? I, I, it's a, in a little way, it's surprising that it's taking, taken us until what you started in what, 2018, 2017? 2018. To have the conversation, you know, to begin this process. But, you know, thank God we're having it now and that uh, you are moving into these circles and, and educating both sides. You know, there's an education piece for um, the people that have gun stores like we do and the counter salespeople you know, maybe some signs and things they can look for and then also offer this um, just one sheet of information, just kind of, hey, keep this with your gun. And, you know, it just says, hey, if you're not feeling your best today, here's a suicide prevention hotline, whatever. Just very passive, very non-judgmental. And then you've got the mental health community over here and you're helping them understand, you know, what this culture is about and why people would, um, want to have guns and the fact that they're a little afraid to let you know they have a gun. And so how can you fully help them if they're withholding information from you because they're afraid of the power that you wield? So um, it's incredible that you've thought that through and, and brought those, those worlds together. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. And who, like, you know, I just want to say something about some of the people that are putting the, the pan I know you guys have the pamphlet in the store, the, the insert that has the free anonymous, t uh, you know, screenings. But, you know, I didn't get any pushback when I approached Arms Corps or High Point or, you know, even, even the manufacturers that I used to work with at Eagle that let me put it in the box. Um, you know, I had to run that by them. So, you know, it's really interesting. If you provide a solution that makes sense, free and anonymous mental health screenings, um, a lot of the, the manufacturers surprisingly were like, this is a great idea, right? And who would have ever thought, like, all you had to do is ask. <laughs> and I get it. Like, a mental, like mental Health America, right, who's the engine behind that, um, they're never going to walk into the SHOT Show and be like, hey, you know, you should put this in your box, right? But it was, you know, me, working with them, I was able to do it, be the first one to put it out there. And then, you know, everybody started falling in line when they realized, like, this is actually a good thing. Not only does it make our industry look good, um, but it actually helps people. 
I mean, and uh, it's free and anonymous. So I don't have the, you know, it's funny because people always ask me, well, where's the data that backs this up? And I'm like, well, go to Mental Health America and ask them about their data, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never let data get in the way of possibly saving someone's life or making, mm-hmm. uh, making it better, right? <laughs> so, uh, but it's, it's there. I mean, I've had people reach out and they were like, I had somebody reach out yesterday and they, they actually wanted to send a resume into OWAC Talk America. I, had, I haven't had the heart to tell them that everybody's doing this for free yeah. uh, <laughs> right now, but he said that he, was a, uh, he took some instructor course, you know, courses from some instructors on firearms and whoever the instructor was, was passing the card out, which is cool. Um, and he said that the card, he took it home um, and it had a profound effect on him about like his thought process about this whole thing. So he was mm. super interested and he did deep dive into walk talk America and you know, he, so much that he was like, I want to help. Um, but like, that's what we got to get to, you know, I, I really, I, I really like walking into a room or walking into a challenge like a mayor's challenge or a governor's challenge and actually not talking about the same things over and over again. Like we need to work on our messaging, mm-hmm. you know, you need to do this. It's like, well, here's what I'm doing. And this is pretty cool. And they're like, oh my God. Right. Because they never, I get it. They can't just walk into our community and just say yes. like, I have an idea. They have, it's yes. far out of the box for them. Yeah. You know? So Mike, I've seen the, bo- uh, the card, you know, we put them in our boxes at the gun shop, but so could you walk through what a person that buys a gun gets that card, what they can do with that card? Uh, a couple things they could do with that card. Uh, obviously, they could take. There's 13. I think there's 13 different screenings. Um, uh, they have some in Spanish as well, uh, so it transcends across different cultures. Um, but they could take these screenings and they could find out where they are on that level, right? So when you think of PTSD or if you think you suffer from anxiety, you can go through that screening, answer it honestly whatever information is asked, none of it's necessary to give, right? They'll ask you if you're you're male or female or something, but you don't even have to give that, right? You can still go through that screening. By the time you get through the screening and they're quick, right? Is you can see where you fall. So like, if you think you have anxiety, you can find out that it's mild. You can find out that it's in the middle and then you can find out that it's really high, right? And then it will tell you how to to mitigate that and bring that down or where you could go get help. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing they can do is they can check I think what did you say uh Shacha, uh check up from the neck up yes, yes. check up from the neck up. <laughs> yeah, check up the neck up the second thing they could do for that is they could give it to somebody else mm-hmm. right um maybe they know somebody that's in crisis or maybe the, you know you don't necessarily need it. it might be somebody else that needs it Mm-hmm. Uh, and the third thing they could do about it is just be cognizant of mental health and firearms, right? Like sometimes I just need you to see those words together and know that there's a better day out there, maybe mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. try, right? And you look into it. Um, I will never know how many people I help because mm-hmm. it's free and anonymous and not everybody wants to call me and say like, this is cool. I did this. Um, I have instances though, where I know that that card has helped people because they've told me, um, but that's the whole point. We don't want anybody knowing our business in the two, a community, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I get that. So let's try to make things as, as easy as possible for people and remain anonymous. And then they can make the decision later, whether they want to take it to the next level and actually go talk to somebody mm-hmm. um, and seek help. But see, I'm, I, go to the, I went to that like Philadelphia school, Denzel Washington of explaining to me like I'm a four-year-old. Yeah. I really do not like 
going, okay, where do I start? Who do I call? Right. Cause I've, I've had instances where people are like, I made 10 different phone calls. I called the VA, I called the police. I called this. I, I think we need to get it to a point where it's like, when you move into a, your house, your new house in a neighborhood, usually if your realtor is worth anything, they will give you a sheet that shows you everything that you need, right? Your school district number, your, um, you know, cable provider, this, that, right? And I think that we can do that, um, you know, with a firearm box, we can make it to where people are like, I need help, or I just want to check where my head's at, you know, how do I do that without, you know, making a big deal about this? Um, mm -hmm. I'm not ready to go there yet. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like me when I go into a store, some people like the clerks and stuff to help them. I'm like mm -hmm. one of those guys that's like, no, I'll let you know when I need help. Please yes. don't. <laughs> yes. Right. For sure. Well, you know, and this um, season that we're in, we're sitting in the studio on Monday, August 17th, 2020. We are still very much in the throes of COVID season. We are, every time we turn on the news or look at our social media, we're seeing cities being torn apart with, you know, people, you know, civil unrest and political unrest. And now we get to launch up into, you know, all the negative rhetoric that comes along with the big election season. Um, people are having real, true, actual uh, problems in their lives. Besides all the, the negativity that's swirling, COVID has caused people to lose their jobs, lose their businesses, maybe lose where they can even live. Um, you were saying off air that you live in Las Vegas, Nevada, and the, the eviction rate's about to go through the roof. Um, yeah. This is going to impact people in their mental state. So I think that the, the need for what you're doing and the free and anonymous tools for people to get an assessment are more important than we could have ever even anticipated as much as they were even needed when you started this a few years ago. Um, what are, are you seeing an uptick in, in use of your tools, um, your online assessments? What, what's happening with that? Yeah, um, I was talking to Debbie, uh, Debbie Plodick, who's the Vice President of Mental Health America the other day, and we were kind of talking about the uh, the uptick in screenings. Screenings are through the roof, right? Screenings are through the roof for, for Mental Health America and for us, right, for Walk Talk America. Um, but it was interesting because I was asking her, like, which screening is, is really up? And it's um, the number one is anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, people are starting to really figure out that, I think anxiety is a huge deal, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's something that um, most of us before you probably went through our lives and never even realized we suffered from anxiety, but we never could put our finger on this weird feeling that we got when we had to like leave a room or, you know, get out of there. Um, the other one is depression, which obviously makes sense because it's depressing times, right? Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, it, the way things are so political and, and just everything that's going on, um, it's hard sometimes to wake up and watch the news or go on social media. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much negativity. There's so much name calling. There's so much whatever. Um, it's 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 going to take its toll eventually. And then the more that we're kind of cooped up or just not doing everyday activity, like jumping on planes or traveling like we used to, or you know, seeing some of the people that we saw on a regular basis. I mean, that's just going to, you know, it's a time bomb, and mm -hmm. that's really what it is. And you know, the good news is, is that it kind of pushed Walk the Talk America um, back into the forefront in the minds of some of the mental health professionals, because mm -hmm. they were looking, you know, 
down the field and saying all these gun sales, you know, we're mm -hmm. still in this hell of 2020. That's uh, a perfect storm eventually for, you know, down the road for a lot of people. So mm -hmm. um, I, it, you know, I say, fortunately it pushed us in the spotlight, unfortunately, you know, technically, but sure. at least we're trying to find solutions and talk to people that can make things happen. Mm -hmm. um, and, and understand the, the firearms community a little bit better and understand, you know, hey, let's use these resources and really kick it into high gear to get people the help they need without mm -hmm. consequence. <laughs> like, yes, yes, for sure that. And, you know, so someone takes an assessment, it's not a magic pill, the assessment doesn't fix you, right? So what does the assessment help you do then? Well, the help, uh, so you don't even need to be in crisis to take an assessment. I mean, the assessment can help you just understand where you're at, right? It could also relieve you from thinking you, something is a lot worse than it is. True. Uh, you know, I, Kevin Dixie, you know, we all love Kevin Dixie. Uh, he's, he's great, right? He's a big in the 2A community. He, he takes assessments all the time just to stay on top of it, right? He's very outspoken about his issues with mental health and his upbringing and everything like that. He's a prime example because if anyone knows Kevin, I mean, Kevin is one of the most together people all, you know, he never seems awesome. like there's a problem. He's very, you know, he's always in a good mood and everything, but he'll be the first one to tell you, you don't have to be, uh, in crisis to, to, to get checked out. Yeah. So, you know, the thing is, is that I think people need to understand that, look, you don't have to go get help if you take this thing and, and you don't like it, but just be aware of where you're at. Right. I, I had a, I had a family member one time contact me and, you know, she put herself in therapy after she took one of those. Mm -hmm. Right. And she called me and I thought, you know, at the, this is in the beginning and I didn't even know if these things worked. Right. Cause I'm always skeptical of these things, you know? Uh, but then I kept seeing examples of people telling me like, I took that thing and then I made this change in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, she took it to a level where she made the change to actually go speak to somebody cause she didn't like the outcome of that. And this could be the same thing. You yeah. know? So Well, by taking that assessment too, can it help you like recognize other signs of other people in your family and, and if there might be a, a reason to interfere with that or, or help with that? No, see, and Dan, that's a great point, right? Like, that's a great point. There's nothing wrong with learning about, you know, how to spot things through trial and error of what you're looking at, right? You may take that assessment and be like, this doesn't really sound like me, but damn, this sounds like my cousin, right? Mm -hmm. Or this sounds like a nephew, so mm -hmm. I think you're right. I mean, you're always learning, right? Like that way you're always learning. So that's a great point. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to use that one. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know, my family, we had uh, uh, one of my um, family members that uh, tr committed, tried to commit suicide three times with a firearm. And cool. uh, it, 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 was, it was different times. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how to, and I, and I don't know how to recognize that if it could happen again to somebody, you know? And sometimes you, you won't, you know, I mean, my degrees are in psychology and, and psychologists are the first ones to go, you know, we don't have a magic crystal ball, you know? Um, we have some assessment tools and we, we believe in our assessment tools, but it's not a, it's not a complete fail safe. So you don't, you don't carry the burden, right. you know, hopefully that helps you not carry a burden if you didn't recognize something um, in someone, because even the professionals struggle with that. But, um, 
the idea that you have this this tool available it gives you a chance to to peek inside yourself they're fun to do anyway who doesn't love those you know what disney character are you the most like you know it's this <laughs> is kind of like that only much more much more practical but um another thing is that you know with kevin dixie as the example a uh, very positive person, very enthusiastic, funny person. Um, you know, sometimes the people who are are very anxious or depressed or whatever, they don't necessarily walk around like they're Eeyore, right? Right. They sometimes can be the the most gregarious and funniest people in the room. Um, I'm struggling to think Robin of it. Williams. Robin Williams. Yeah, Robin Williams. Right. You know. And so, uh, you know, that's why these tools in the privacy and the quiet of your, you and your cell phone, I think you can take it on your cell phone, uh, you and your laptop gives you a chance to be introspective and, and learn a little bit about yourself and then you can decide and others and decide if, if there's something that, that you need to do to, to reach out to a mental health professional in your area and get your checkup from the neck up. Right. Yeah. I always say this. Um, there's two things that I take a lot of these like safe talk courses and I, I go into these situations and there's a lot of role playing and everything like that. And sometimes I roll my eyes because like they, they actually role play with Eeyore, right? Like they'll do a guy coming into the gun store and you're like, you'd have to be Stevie wonder not to see that this person <laughs> is real crisis. Right. And that, I don't believe that that is the typical person that goes and does that. Right. So I, I kind of roll my eyes. I get it. Right. I understand you have to be cognizant of those things. Um, but you know, as my experience with, um, those have taken their life, like I think many people know the story of my, uh, the president of my company and the reason why I became president of Eagle Imports in, in 2009 was because my president took his own life. He, he wasn't just the president of my company. He was uh, my dear friend. He was like family. Yes. I was with Bill. His name is Bill Strominger. I was with Bill um, traveling for two months going to gun shows, right? We went to the NRA show. We did all these shows together. We were traveling, seeing customers, you know, distributors. Um, and the day before he took his own life with a firearm, I, I'm not even kidding. He, he was so angry at me because I hadn't made reservations for the places that we were going. So I hadn't made my flight to go to where we were supposed to be. And he kept saying, you keep waiting. And you know, before you know it, like all the hotels are going to be booked and all this stuff. And so I never saw it coming. And then, you know, I'm walking around his funeral, like, shell-shocked and I have family members of his that want to talk to me mm -hmm. because they're like you were with him the most mm -hmm. he wanted some kind of answer right mm -hmm. and, and so I look back on that time and I'm like he didn't even give me a thing right so, he's, he's mad that you weren't planning which tells right. me that he was worried about the plan which is the future thinking so how could you have possibly thought that he wasn't thinking about the future Right. So it's not that, you know, I, I'm very respectful to gun store owners, uh, people like yourself, because, and also your, your employees, mm -hmm. because as someone who's in this, yeah. I, I can honestly say that you can, you can't see, there's no minority report. You can't see into the future. Yeah. If someone says, I just want to buy one bullet. Okay. Red <laughs> flag right there. Like <laughs> I get it. Right. But if someone is acting completely normal and they're not 
like I'm really depressed lately. Da, 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 da. Like yeah. you have other things to worry about. You got straw purchases to wor- worry about. You got to be people's bartender in there. And when I say bartender, I'm meaning like people like to sit in firearm shops for hours and just look at guns. Right. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and talk, talk politics, and, talk and, family. Yeah. Talk, right. Yeah. So, you know, that's the reason why I wanted to make this. Remember, I go back to the Denzel Washington explained to me like a four-year-old. I want to make it as easy as possible for the people behind the counters, which has a high turnover rate anyways. Mm. You don't have to necessarily be so attuned, you know, where you're trying to talk to customers about mental health, but maybe you hand them the card. Hey, also, you know, if you're ever in crisis, check this out. This is pretty cool. And, uh, you know, let me sell you a safe and congratulations on your purchase. Welcome to the community. You know, yeah. like, type of deal um it's not so black and white where you could just spot things yeah well no we doubt. we've we have turned down sales before and told people you don't know, come back a couple of days from now because they're either nervous or they're dep- they look depressed i mean you can't always tell what a person is but so we we do look for the signs but i have to tell you back in the 79 or so i had a gun shop and a guy walked in the store he bought a smith and wesson 44 magnum in the wood box presentation I think it was a 44 and he bought uh, targets and headphones and uh, fine. You know, everything's cool. He bought headphones and everything, right? Earplugs. And so uh, a couple days later, a detective came in and the guy went out to the desert, set the target up. Okay. The first round of the gun was his head. Put his earphones on everything. Headphones, everything. And so how do you, how do you know? I mean, you can't, you can't, it's like you said, you can't you don't have a crystal ball. Right. And, you know, it's a, it's a terrible thing. It still upsets me so much. And it's, you know, it's 79. Yeah. But, um, you know, we do the best we can to recognize and the card might help somebody that we can't recognize that when they see the card, they recognize it. Right. And so that's he's out the of the range. He sets right. up his target. He opens that box. <gasps> what is this paper? Hmm. Right. It could have been the thing. Right. Could have been. been the thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's nice to, it's nice to think that the gun industry too can care about you. Right. Like you're not just buying a gun. We're not just taking your money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we want you to be responsible. You're part of us now. Yeah. Like, you know, we want to push you in the right direction for help. It's a beautiful thing, you know, for sure. I don't know of any business that's harder than a firearms business because you know, we're, we, we want to be good to the community. We want to do the right things. We want people to have the right to, if they want to have a firearm, to have a firearm, to protect themselves, to, to enjoy, to collect, to whatever. And there's so many things out there mm-hmm. that we're against, uh, up against, you we're know, that against, yeah. makes it really hard. It does. And Walk to Talk America, I think, I very strongly think, uh, helps, helps with some of those things. Because yes. again, that whole part of the conversation that wants to point to to us as the problem and that we're, you know, helping people to harm others and harm themselves. You know, we can now point to this organization, Walk the Talk America and the work that you're doing and say, oh, not so. We we are doing quite a bit about that. And uh, we are walking the talk all across America, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. And you guys have been amazing. And I know the, so leave walk to talk America out of it. The work you guys do outside of that, you know, bringing in Maj, doing the things you do. I mean, you guys are amazing as well. I wish every gun store would kind of take a cue from you guys because uh, you. You, 
beautiful about it. Thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate that. that. It's yeah. all about education and, and serving and responsibilities. So I think that's why we, we just glommed onto you so, so quickly. Cause we're like, Oh my gosh, these are our people. Michael's our people. He gets it. And he's trying to, you know, really, uh, stretch. I mean, thinking out of the box is such a, a phrase that gets overused, but, um, you know, stretch our, our, influence and stretch our ability to serve in such a new way that's amazing yeah if any you know if anyone sees mike at the shot show reach over and shake his hand and you'll feel it yeah you'll sure. feel the care the the what he's trying to do absolutely you know? i agree with that all right sir thank you so much for all you do uh thank you for this incredible work that you have just thrown yourself into uh, and that it's infectious. You are definitely attracting the right people to help you and to help uh, spread the word about all of this. Um, just as we go out, please tell folks how they can learn more about what you're doing. Maybe maybe help out with a donation or something. I mean, that, that might be good because uh, all good work takes money, time and money, uh, and how they can take these assessments. Yeah, um, obviously, you can go to the website, walktalkamerica.org or wtta.org. Um, you can find us on social media uh, across every platform, except for like TikTok and stuff like that. I'm too, too old. I, I can't do that. Um, <laughs> Me neither. I got nothing. <laughs> you go to Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and go to at walkthetalkus. Uh, we have a new website coming up soon. You can still go to our webs uh, website now and sign up for our new newsletter that we're going to have. I'm actually going to invite you uh, to write a column, a guest column on that newsletter. I would, I would be honored. Um, I'm honored. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Heck yes. Yeah. So uh, that's the way you can get a hold of us. Listen, we, we're all doing this for the love of the game. There's nobody that takes a salary or a draw, or there's no money spent at a bar uh, during a trade show. Every dollar um, is accounted for and it goes directly to what we do. Eventually, I can't do this free, for free forever, but I'm okay. I sold my company a year ago to do this full time. Um, you know, we're going to go after some grant money, but you can donate to Walk to Talk America and know that every dollar, not 10 cents of your dollar, is going towards what we do. And that's special. Like, that doesn't happen that often. Um, so I really appreciate it. I love you guys. I hope I, hope I get to see you soon in the flesh. You know, things go back to normal. I know. Uh, we love you too. Mwah. Bye. You. Bye, bye. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Mike. Oh, what an amazing guy. He's just, he really is something special. And um, I'm so blessed to know him. I met him. He mentioned Maj Ture a few times in the, um, in the conversation today. And it was through Maj Ture that we connected. And I remember the first time I had Michael on, I had screwed up the, the date of his interview. So I call him and he's at some big convention somewhere. And, uh, and he took the call and tried to walk through the halls of this convention with people stopping him saying, hey, Mike, how you doing? And trying to do the, the interview to, to save my time. Wow. You know, the, and I'm like, you know what? That is a very special person. I can't wait to meet him in in real life and um he does not disappoint he's just a really uh a, a real person right you know sometimes you people are celebrities and so they're just kind of like you know a thin layer you know, his heart's there you, like i said you shake his hand you feel it 
Yeah. You, you have Incredible. a few minutes of conversation with him and he, he really sincerely cares. For sure. For sure. So um, please support what he's doing. Please check it out. Check it out for yourself, you know, and then if, if, if you do have a heart of, of serving others, then maybe think of a way to, to contribute uh, with, through a donation or, or talking to your local gun shop and letting them know about this program. Or if you a are a local, to get the words or if you're a local gun shop or manufacturer, mm -hmm. maybe you might want to consider uh, inserting the cards in the, mm -hmm. in the boxes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, we got to run. We got to get out of here. So uh, thank you so much to our awesome guest, Michael Sodini of Walk the Talk America. Thank you to our incredible listeners, because truly, if this message is going to move forward from this moment, sitting here in our studio and talking to Michael in his studio, if it's going to move forward from right here, it's going to take you. And I cannot, I cannot express in adequate amounts how much Danny and I value our listeners yeah. because you do that work. You do take these conversations into your living rooms and your dining rooms and your, your Facebook chat rooms and your Zoom meetings. And that, that helps the conversation keep moving to the people that really need to hear it. And we're here because we want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. and. We figure that if you listen to us, you might use some of that to help make a difference. Absolutely. And, and then, then it just spreads on. Right. And then we hear you through the, you know, various things that people will message us through Facebook. Cause of course we're on all the platforms, the Instagram, the Facebook people will message and they'll, they'll ask a question about, you know, that guest, they said this, but I was wondering that, or, Hey, have you thought about having this person on as a guest? Because look at this cool topic. Um, so in that way, it really is a conversation and, yeah. and it's awesome. So thank you so much for all that you do, whether you're watching us on YouTube, on GunStreamer, on the smartphone app called OpsLens, or whether you are going to our website, gunfreedomradio.com, uh, and clicking on the on demand tab so that you can binge listens to your heart content. See, he sounded exactly like me when he said that, right? Um, you can also click the guest tabs and see um, bios and photos and links to all the guests we've ever had on. It's an incredible resource. Uh, it's unbelievable to you. think about how many people that we have on our guest tab. We're so blessed. Oh, like, yes. It's, people it's keep amazing. saying yes to me. I ask them to come on and have a conversation. They say yes. I'm like, okay. Fantastic. It, it is. And Let's you know, it's packed. There's people there that can help. Yeah. They're, you know, just it's amazing. wonderful. Experts in their field. All right. And until next time, pray for our nation. Yes, please pray for our nation. We you know what? Centrally locate some of those cities too and pray for them. Okay. And how about praying for our leaders? Yes, pray for our lead. Pray for pray for our Pray for most of our leaders. Yes, pray for our leaders. No, pray for all of our leaders, Dan. All of them, Dan. All of our leaders. We'll pray for all of the leaders. How about leaders. the ones, even the ones you don't like? I, there's no leaders that I don't like. I've already told you that. Because mm, you think they're, but they still. They don't lead, Cheryl. Especially you, the ones you don't like. When, when you're royalty, you do not lead. <laughs> right? All right, that's I'm another so discussion for another day. It's probably getting old to all you, but the the fact is there are leaders 
and there's I'm a, that's my word is royalists. 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 You know what? If it was, if everybody was getting tired of it, maybe they'd stop electing these ones that you're talking about. Maybe they're elected. How is that? And they they are. You're telling me that the governor of California was elected, hired with our votes. How could that possibly be? He's not being a leader. He's being a. Don't I? I don't have enough it, time for is that. It, is that another country? Isn't that a different country? How come we have to cross a border when we go there? How come we have to go through a border? That's another country, Cheryl. Be good to each other. That's another country. That's have a great week. Run by a royalist. And God bless. God bless. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>